Hey everybody, welcome to the very late episode 135 of Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And if this is your first time joining us, hey, thanks for being here. And if it feels like your first time joining us because we've been gone for so long, um, thanks for coming welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> we, um, we're a married couple of fifth, 14 Almost 15 years. years. We have four kids. Uh, 12, 8, 12, 10, 8, and 5, one of which is crying out in the other room at the moment. Um, and uh, we'll get which, to that in a second. Yeah. But we don't plan our shows. We typically uh, save, uh, some. most of the time, not by choice. We save a lot of our discussions about life and things and stuff we've been you know, pondering and going through for the, the podcast. Um and so right now it's Thursday, Wednesday night. I don't even know what day it is. It is Wednesday night. It's been three weeks since we've had a show. And that was, again, not by choice. And we were going to record this this afternoon. Unfortunately, things got in the way again. And now we're um, at past the kids' bedtime doing an evening record. Hence the reason a kid is out there crying right now because we have... Overly dependent children, overly dependent on their mother. Like when it comes to bedtime, they can't. It's not your fault. They're just horrible little kids. We have had <laughs> trouble going to sleep issues that people who've been listening to us for a long time know about. And I feel like uh, I, if I had the, the energy to re-listen to our episodes, I would go back and see... Maybe it's a summer a summer thing. Oh, interesting. Because I feel like we haven't had sleep issues for quite a while with this one. And she's now <clears throat> can't fall asleep, is afraid, is lying outside. I put her on the couch outside of where we're recording, which is a studio that used to be a closet in our basement. And um, she's just... Out there crying uh, this because wasn't she even feels a, abandoned. This wasn't even a closet. It was more of just a concrete it storage room. It was a storage room. room. Yeah. yeah. That's all it was. Um, well, let's catch people up. It's been three weeks. You guys probably wondered where the heck we've been at. Um, we have not... We've been so... Summer... Uh, it's been a time and busyness issue. Not for lack of desire. Um, although... Some of the stuff that have been kept as busy has, you know, decreased, um, either made us tired, emotionally worn out, exhausted, etc. And, um, which obviously contributes, at least for me, to a lack of desire. Like, I just don't, I'm not even in the mood to go talk, talk about to your wife. how horrible our lives are right now in front of our audience, our <laughs> listeners. Um... But it's kind of been a combination of things. Uh, we've had a ton of yard prep, garden prep, getting that going. Um, I've been working a little bit more now, a couple of gigs more a month. Um, my The big thing is my dad has um, started to build the shop. And that's been uh, a constant go. Um with its own level of uh, stress. And then your dad also started his shop. And so we've been helping him with that, 
with his uh, prep work for his shop. And um, all that to say is we've just, I haven't had time, like today, the van has been sitting in our driveway since we got back from the Dominican Republic in March, no, April. And I just now got the, was able to find some time to get the tires swapped out and the air conditioner fixed. And that was what took me all day today. Thankful that I didn't have to spend a bunch of money to fix the air conditioner. It was just a little sensor, but it did and take a, all afternoon. And a former, former Soviet mechanic. Oh, yeah. So, as you guys know, we do jo- judo as a family. And one of the owners of our dojo is a really funny, retired, um, just an exuberant, uh, outgoing... He was a fireman, uh, right? He was a fireman, yeah. Could you imagine being rescued by him? <laughs> <laughs> the happiest... <laughs> face happiest, it pierced through the talkative. smoke you can't understand him yeah. through the mask hey there, you know <laughs> um anyway really wonderful guy and we were talking about he's got a you know he's got a little bit of money now and so we were talking about he, his he and his wife drive mercedes and we were talking about um you know the dealership and he's like i'll never take my car to the dealership ever again and the dealership here has treated me really well since i've had the van granted i've not had any real major issues um but he so he turns me on. He's like, I you gotta go call Will Diamond down at Diamond Automotive. And this isn't an ad. I'm just actually quoting this because most of you don't live in Billings. And I was like, okay, I'll call him. I call him. I finally get around to calling him this week or last week. We play phone tag. I call him back. He's like, bring it on down today. I was like, oh sweet, that's awesome. So I get down there, and his head, his kind of lead guy. So they both is. Oh, where do I start that? So his lead mechanic is in his, I don't know, early 50s maybe, late 40s. And he's Russian. Soviet Russia. He spent a bunch of time in the Soviet military repairing helicopters. And when you have an avionics electronics degree, you end up then repairing Jeeps too. And he spent the end of the Cold War, uh, well, not the Cold War, the end of like the late 80s when uh, Gorbachev, when they took down the German Wall... He moved, He was moving stuff prior to the to the wall fall out of East Germany back into Russia. This is wild, and the guy barely speaks English. But I just started calling him the Russian wizard because he knows these cars inside and out. So that was really, really funny. Yeah. So I was just looking at our calendar, trying to think how how much of a fast forward of our lives for the last couple of weeks <laughs> do we go through with people. So you guys, since we last posted a uh, podcast, which my my the website is saying May sixth. Um, and I will throw this out here to try to f- come back to, uh, we were talking that l- the title of the episode was coronations, levels of hell and locusts. And actually I'm not going to come back to it cause I will forget, but my friend summer sent me a screen grab or a picture of the ESV study Bible notes for the book of James, James 2.10, it says, which is for whoever keeps the whole law but fails at one point is guilty of breaking it all, essentially. And the ESV study Bible says, this text does not negate the biblical concept of gradation of evil. Some sins are more heinous than others and receive a more severe punishment than sins that are less heinous. And it cites Matthew eleven twenty one and twenty two, Luke twelve forty seven and forty eight, John nineteen eleven, and Hebrews ten twenty nine. However, even in the smallest sin, 
a serious offense is made against God. To sin at one point is to sin against the law and therefore against the lawgiver. Even the smallest sin is worthy of hellfire, and every impenitent person goes to hell, though some in hell receive a greater punishment than others. James, likes Jesus, warns against a superficial understanding of the law of God. So, levels of hell, at least the ESV study Bible states pretty clearly there that more <clears throat> heinous sins receive more severe punishment hmm. from God, although all impenitent... But not necess- it doesn't necessarily say what that punishment is. So it's not like you're in a lower level, you're just getting no, more punished. No, we, we describe punishment as levels, maybe. We do not know that. So anyway, that's an update on our latest episode. Uh, Faith turned five three days after that. And we were supposed to have a Star Wars birthday party for her that Friday, where if you're a Pinterest person, we spent, the kid, older kids and I spent probably, I could probably fairly say hours on Pinterest looking for puns, for names, for uh, Star Wars puns, for food names. So food and drink. Yeah. We had uh, Vaderade, which was strawberry lemonade, and what did we call the... Oh, the margaritas was Yoda soda, a box of margaritas. It was pretty good. Margarita mix from Costco. Yeah. It's no, delicious. it was actually from Walmart. Also delicious. It was in a box. So it was, it was like delicious. box wine, but it was box it was delicious. margarita. Uh, we had <clears throat> ham solo sliders, and we had, anyway, TIE fighters, which were like hexa- hexagonal, hexagonal, hexagonal. It's too late, you guys. Yeah, hexagonal. Crackers. Small hackers on crackers with cheese in with them. With a cheese square in between them. And we had seven Leia dip. And anyway, you get the point. We were supposed to do that on Friday. And instead, Faith oh, started right. puking on Wednesday. This is part of why we haven't recorded, you guys. We've had at least two weeks so, of sickness. So Faith turned five on Tuesday. On Wednesday at about 11.30, she starts screaming, and I go up to her room, and she has completely filled her bed with vomit, and has not... This is the first stomach bug I think we've had in a year, and so it she doesn't know what to do with it, so she's just sitting there screaming and puking all over herself, and all over the Elsa nightgown that she had just gotten for her birthday, and her bedding and all the things she threw up like i kid you not it was it was horrible but every 15 minutes until almost probably for an entire 12 hour period. it was for 12 hours the last time she so i was like okay so it's thursday birthday party's friday if she stops throwing up by about noon we'll be in the clear but then i started thinking god then you know it, this doesn't seem like food poisoning, which means that it's going to be shared around the family. So, mm. and then it was answered for me anyway, because she threw up about every hour until about 5 p.m. And I have kind of this mental 24-hour rule. And at that point, she would not have been vomit-free by the time party guests would have been coming over. So I went ahead and texted everyone for the party, postponed it till the next week. Uh, everybody stayed healthy until 
Friday night, within an hour of each other, Elise, Lily, and I all started throwing up. And we all threw up all night, Friday, all day Saturday. So Tyus and I just looked at each other and were like, I said, hey, Tyus, are you just kind of standing around waiting for you to get waiting for yourself to get sick he's like yeah, yeah. pretty much and titus <laughs> is the one who of all of our kids always gets it the worst and so we have this thing where we let the kids sleep on the couch in the living room if they're sick uh i know there are families that will you know everybody has a different thing but we let the kids feel safe and cared for by being close to us and i will usually sleep on a couch close to them Especially if they're younger. Like, Faith needed help getting her head over a bucket to throw up into. And by, this, the, by the time Faith she was is, done, she couldn't even pick her head up. Now, Faith, so is, tired. Faith is five, and this is the first time she's ever even really had a stomach No, bug. she's she's probably had three stomach bugs total. Uh, yeah, so... she has. But this isn't the first time she's thrown up. But, so... So... Saturday night, Sunday is Mother's Day. Saturday night, Elise, Lily, and I all slept on the three couches that make a U-shape in our living room. And JR was working. And so he, he wasn't there. And Faith was having trouble with the idea of going to sleep in her own bed which isn't too much further away from that, but I let her sleep in the loft, which is above, right above our living room, so that she would, on the on a couch, so that she would be close to us. But there's no more space in the living room. All of the couches are occupied by legit sick people. Although by we'd all stopped throwing up by three or four in the afternoon. It was pro- it was one of the longest amount like lengths of puking where the. Th- the three girls and I all lasted about 18 hours of throwing up. Uh, anyway, we wake up sun- Sunday morning. Uh, we've all slept pretty well on the couch overnight. We're uh, clearly not planning to go to church, but at least those of us who've just stopped throwing up, you know, 12 hours earlier. And Faith, who had been sleeping on the couch right on the edge of the loft, uh, wakes up, finds the coffee tumbler, metal coffee tumbler that she had insisted on sleeping with full of water so she could drink some water when she got thirsty in the middle of the night. That had fallen over and spilled a puddle of water on the couch that she's sleeping on. So she sets it on the arm of the couch, but overcompensates for it not falling back onto her. Oh, I forgot about this, too. And it falls through the rails of the couch directly onto the bridge of Lily's nose as she's sleeping on the couch. She was awake, but she was lying there waking up. And so a metal coffee tumbler the size of a coffee cup hit Lily squarely on the bridge of her nose and JR, who was sleeping in our bedroom, woke up to the sound of blood curdling screams, which And a whole lot of owie 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 owie. owie yeah, owie. which which was fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it was it was the real In classic classic Lily, like she's not doing anything and she gets like she mad sleeping. You guys, this poor girl has is the only one of our kids to ever have ever been 
in, I feel like if I'm a suspicious person, I should be knocking on wood right now, but she's the only one of our kids to have had an ER visit or any sort of non-regular scheduled doctor's visit because when she was, let's see, when Elise was only like three weeks old, maybe, and Lily and Titus were spinning circles and Lily fell and cracked her forehead open on the hearth of our fireplace and that he they glued it shut and that healed and then two weeks later we had lost our health insurance in the intervening time thanks to Obamacare and she's standing in my parents pantry and JR is pulling a my dad worked in the oil fields in the 70s and he had like an original Stanley not the cool hip hip kid Stanley which is the same brand and the same thing he had a Stanley flask thermos but what probably held a quart of coffee or yeah, something. Yeah, one of the original big green ones. And with the screw off coffee or lid that turned into your actual cup. And my dad had actually used metal clamps to make himself a handle for it. And we were going to put hot chocolate in it to take the kids skiing. And JR is pulling it off of a pantry that's probably was more than it was above your head seven. so seven, seven feet, feet up. up and then Lily's comes in to see what i'm doing is just like standing under me watching what she's how old was she, she was two two and a half when yeah. when elise was born so two and a half year old Lily is standing underneath jr and he pulls it off by the lid and the lid is not screwed on well and so this stanley flask <laughs> this is the second time she's had a head injury from a metal something beverage falling. container <laughs> Uh, anyway, so that, that was a Sunday night and I had just so, gotten the so doctor's... The flask, the flask fell down and almost asymmetrically hit... Not asymmetrically, almost symmetrically. Symmetrically hit the other... Po- side of her side forehead. Side of her forehead. From where... Almost the exact same spot. And, and, from where she fell into the fireplace. Yeah. So she has matching scars on either side of her forehead. And that one we didn't take her into the doctor for because it was a Sunday night. And and Molly's like, wait a minute. I watched her just glue this thing together. Yeah. I'm going to Walgreens. Yeah. Go get some super glue. (laughs) This was before I was patrolling. And so anyway, uh, we, I'm a waited out. Well, I'm obviously a glue your daughter's head back together sort of mom, (laughs) but I'm also a waited out. Let, you know, let's see what happens to this i mean it was clearly a a big deal but jr it it was clearly broken it swelled instantly and she so i came out i said let me see it and you're like lily show your dad show your dad so she pulls away the and it's bleeding prolific like it's yeah it's breathing so she pulls away the cloth on her face and her nose looked kind of like a stereotypical old irish boxer like like it was crooked It was flat. It was definitely smashed and out of place. And I'm like, oh my and, word. Well, what? So, so the the coffee cup hadn't hit her like straight on. Her head had been slightly tilted, just off, to and the so it hit it just right. off to the side. Yeah. So we Jr. texted a couple friends and who were in the medical world, and they said, you know, this is really the sort of thing that needs to be reset if it needs to be reset. Yeah. And the time is of Sooner the essence, rather, and something like yeah, this. Yeah. For, and this is for both aesthetic reasons as well as for uh, airway reasons. Yeah. Like you, you don't want to end up with a deviated septum. So take her in. You, in order to get an ENT follow up, you have to have the initial doctor visit. So this this serves that purpose too. The ER on a Sunday morning on Mother's Day should not be very busy. 
And so, so we took her, we both took her into the ER and my parents took the other kids. No. Oh, and in the meanwhile, in the meanwhile, I'm sitting there cuddling Lily and trying to ice her nose to get the bleeding to stop. And JR's texting friends to try to get an, a sense for what we should do. And in the meanwhile, Titus is sitting at the kitchen table and he gets up and leaves for a minute, which I didn't really notice. He was sitting at the kitchen table reading. Re- yeah, he was reading like a comic book or something. Oh, reading something. And he, and I was like, I swear I hear puking in the upstairs bathroom. And then he comes back and he sits at the table and keeps reading. <laughs> and I was like, I, were you just upstairs puking? Yeah. Are you sick? Yeah. You're, you don't look like you're sick yet. Yeah. It, they went downhill pretty quickly. It went down, yeah. He was pretty miserable. In less than an hour, he was... So he spent church. We were at the ER. <clears throat> he laid on the couch, and I told him he could watch. I I have a thing where my kids get attracted to these shows on YouTube that are... They're not bad. They're just dumb. So their current one is the show called Ninja Kids. Yeah. Which... And each, it's, a fa- it's a Mormon family... And they're classic Mormon family in a lot of ways. They live in Utah, or at least they did originally. I think they live... They're they're enough of a show family that they live, I think, in Holly, in L.A. now. But they, they're all blonde. They're all beautiful. They're all, like, good at... So this family does gymnastics and ninja-y stuff, and they create scenarios, and they also basically vlog their lives. And then each kid... They have, I think, five kids, and one of them is adopted, and their names all end in a in a consonant son. There's Braxton, Kaysen, Peyton. Anyway, I can't remember the rest of them, but and Peyton is the only girl, and she has she does like music videos on YouTube, and they're terrible. They're just. <laughs> I, I mean, do you remember the girl a number of years ago who did that song Friday? Oh yeah, Friday, Friday. Yeah, it's it's that level of terrible, but with a worse voice. Is she, are they her songs? Uh, yeah, she's. As far as I know, there's like two original ones. Faith really likes Ew. them in particular. They're re- they're really bad, but and, and they're trying to be uh, encouraging, self esteemy sort of videos yeah, Mormon I mean, thing yeah uh, so I remember anyway. growing up my mom found these clean movies that were designed to be like entertaining but clean you know and they were Mormon Mormon movies and they were just it was it was as bad as like the whole whitewashed Christian thing where nobody ever really swears nobody ever really sins and the worst thing you can do is like fall away from God and bully an old man type of thing. It's like it was just that cliche. I was like, God, come on. I hated those. So anyway, I let anyway, Titus sorry. watch dumb YouTube while we were at the ER with Lily and everybody else was at church and he was at home throwing up. So And that was Mother's Day. We have mm-hmm. stomach flus almost every Mother's Day. It's like a tradition. So I'm gonna throw but, in a But the broken nose, like Kicked it up a notch. I'm gonna throw in a a, a little. Uh, I'm gonna throw in my my puer tea endorsement here. So for the last, as you guys know, for the <laughs> last 
month and a half or longer, I've been essentially moving away from coffee. Not entirely. I'll just have like a cup. Um, and then some days it's all, it's pretty much all, all I'll drink in the morning. But most I days. I coffee and I had the urge to yawn. Four, four to five days out of the week, I drink exclusively black tea in the morning. And it was turned on to me by uh, the Model Health Show um, podcast. And this ties into the sickness thing in a minute. So what I've also been doing is I've also been drinking like basically a green tea in the afternoon. I never got this. I never got the bug. I never got sick. There was a moment where I was like, was that a burble in my belly or my gut? Like I had for about a half hour to an hour period there. I was like, am I getting sick? I don't know if I'm getting sick. And I just kind of attribute the fact that I haven't gotten sick because I had all that green tea immunity in my system for the last month. (laughs) Winning. Anyway, I love the tea. If you guys want to check it out, I do have a referral code. They give you $10. Ten dollars off. This um, is not medical advice. No. He's not claiming. Go to peak. The, flu. It's, the link. The link is in the show notes. But it's peak teas. They're fermented pu'er uh, tea, both black and green. It's delicious. Anyway, sorry. That was, they're not paying us. Trust me. The mm. only thing I get out of you guys going is like ten bucks off my next order, which is helpful. Which isn't it's insignificant. No, That's yeah. Lot. So anyway, uh, okay. Speaking um, of things so that we on things back to speaking of things that we consume. I never oh. got sick, you guys. So anyway, Jared never got sick. Everybody else did. Lily, uh, at the ER, the doctor was like, "I think her nose just looks crooked because of the swelling, but I think it's actually still straight." So she didn't reset it. She, um. She gave us the ENT referral, which we have not followed up on yet because we're just so busy managing the rest of life. We got the ER bill, and um, I made JR guess how much the ER bill was. And I... Okay, well, let's do a little pop quiz here. Do you think that the ER bill was $200? That's option A. B, $450, I'm rounding, C, $750, or D, $1,250? The answer was A, $205 to take her to the ER. We didn't get any treatment other than a doctor looking at her. They They took all of her vitals and stuff, and then the doctor... Looked at her and determined that her nose was not... But then she asked about tetanus shots. And you say, we don't do those. We're not going to go there. She kind of gave you a look. Right now, she did give me a look. Um, But we still live in a place with medical freedom. And if I want to opt my daughter out of getting an emergency tetanus shot for an injury that clearly didn't involve any tetanus risk, (laughs) that is my prerogative. (laughs) And I won't say anything more well, about that right now. No s'mores bars, you guys. Lily made them for Memorial Day. Are we done? Are we done going through your calendar? Uh, I I mean nothing really. That was like the week. That was. Yeah. It took <clears throat> several. It it took quite. Oh, in the meanwhile, you guys, Monday before Faith's actual birthday, on Tuesday, uh, I got an offender vendor in the Walmart parking lot, which was just so exasperating and humiliating for me. And I was backing out of the parking place. I'd, I'd done a Walmart pickup, 
and I had to go into the store for one thing I got for the Star Wars themed party. I had gotten uh, Star Wars t-shirts for all of the kids and I pull in and they're like, oh, we don't have the size, the, you know, 14 t-shirt that you ordered. Too bad for you. You can order it online. And I was like, I need it for dinner tonight because every other one of the kids is getting a t-shirt. So I went into the store for a t-shirt and I came out and as I was backing out of the spot, a lady in a Chevrolet Impala with a steel bumper was backing out of her spot at the same time. And I did not, apparently did not see her. She did not see me. And the plastic bumper of the Subaru just imploded. And um, so anyway, that was emotionally exhausting. And I don't need any commentary from my husband about that. So you guys, we file an insurance claim because, you know, I don't know what it's going to cost. I don't know what damage is done underneath. And I'm using the same place that I had the truck fixed at, and I've only had the truck back for maybe a month and a half. Which is also you've had the truck back for more than a month and a half. Well, I'll, they knew who we I was when I walked back in. We got the truck fixed before Christmas. When I walked back in, they're like, "Oh, hey!" I was like, "Yeah, I'm here to bring you another car." That my wife it was, was my driving. wife again. <laughs> you poor lady. Yes, poor me. <laughs> that's my, maybe that's where Lily gets it. She just stands around and gets hurt. I You're tell, just minding your own business. I tell you Bam. what. I tell you what. <laughs> when I go to when I go to any store with a busy parking lot now, I look for like I went to Walmart in the Heights last night yeah. while the kids were in judo, yeah. and I was like, I don't care that this is not a spot designed for a pull through, and that when I pull out of this parking place, I'm going to be going the wrong way against traffic in a one way lane. I'm not backing into somebody when I pull out. So I, I only do pull-throughs or, like, one against a curb that's as far back away from the store as I can Pull-throughs are cool unless they're all angled, designed to go one direction. Yeah, that's what Walmart was. Yeah, it's annoying. And I was like, you know what? Um, Forget that. I'm still going for the pull-through. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather see the car coming toward me and know what's coming at me. I just, I, I kind of chuckled to myself just now because I was, we just dropped off the car, what, yesterday? This morning. Was it it's this? been a long day. We dropped it off this morning. Really? Wow. Because it's already gotten repaired and it's at the paint shop. So, you know, we dropped it off this morning. So I just, I kind of chuckled if they looked at you and said, oh, that's that's the one that keeps wrecking all of their cars. <laughs> what is today? Is today the 24th? I don't 24th? know. Today's, no, today's the 31st. Oh, gosh. Tomorrow's June. Yes. I have completely lost track. Uh, yes. Yeah. Super Repair. 9 a.m. Wow. at Crash Champions. Crazy. It's on my calendar for this morning. Crazy. Um, That's how our, our last three weeks have been. And on top of all the emotional stress of trying to do this shop and work with my dad and all the things, it's just been a it's been a challenge. Yeah. I'd like to publicly shout out to, and I only know one guy who maybe listens to our show will know this, but my buddy Marshall, who has, uh, from Bozeman, he's he's 20 years, 20 years younger he's than us? Not quite. 15. Oof. He's a lot younger than us. When you, get, when you hit in your forties, you're like, "That's you're spry, youngster." Anyway, he um, he has uh, graciously offered to put aside some of like a week's worth of work and come out and help us, and we we would be not even remotely where we're at now if it wasn't for his for his help. So okay, I'm gonna um, pivot to two things Marshall, that I awesome. wasn't expecting. I have a really long list of things that I've been thinking about talking about. Uh-huh. 
But uh, one of the very cool things about Marshall being here is he's young enough. We've we we've known Marshall since Titus was like five. He was a college student here in Billings, and he had dinner at our house at least once a week. And so he's. I think he looks at us more like parents than we do like him him as a son. I don't look at him as a son at I know. all. He's a he's like a younger friend, but you know, when he was He the calls other night, my dad grandpa. Yeah, and the other night he was like, Hey dad, will you make some popcorn? He's down here with his girlfriend. Can you get some popcorn, please? Dad. Dad. So anyway, like, um he's he's young enough that that Titus, who is twelve, sixteen years younger than he is, uh really sees him as somebody who is attainable like he Titus doesn't see him as a dad figure he sees him as a mentor figure and he worked Titus worked his tail off working for slash with Marshall and there's the benefit of Marshall is he's fun he's an incredibly hard worker he's proficient at what he does uh, and Titus looks up to him and he's not related to Titus so it's not grandpa or dad saying like hey get off your butt and bring me my drill or whatever titus was super motivated to work with and for and we've got other and it it just i think it was just so good for him to experience the joy of really being involved in building something really tangible and working really hard and being satisfied with it yeah and in you know we've got other friends in our circle that are are good people but not not on the level of role model that I'd want my son to have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, there's, we have like, a lot of people in our lives who are good role models in different ways. Yeah, but in terms yeah. of like like work ethic, in terms of hard physical labor, um, and then just learning skills at the same time, I think Titus, I'd actually let Titus out of school for the last gives week me, and a half. You know, it's like, <laughs> Marshall seems, there's a couple of people in our world where, they're kind of odd ducks in terms of what you would get or expect uh, when culture assaults you with everything that's happening and every you know what people are getting indoctrinated, kids are getting indoctrinated with what what kind of environment they're growing up in twenty uh, somethings and teenagers and stuff. You're just like millennials. Millennials, yeah. Here's a guy who's squarely in the millennial category. And, and if you don't believe us, just ask us about his making commitments to do things. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, um, his he, he grew up in a Christian home. He was... His worldview is not that of an American yeah. millennial. And it's not that of an American millennial. He's got a strong faith, a strong background. His parents are together. The family does... And it's like, this is... It, He's I'm, living out generational blessings. And maybe of I'm Christian getting faithfulness. Right, He's not working yeah. on breaking generational. Right. And maybe I'm getting issues. cynical in my old age and thinking that just like these things are rarities, but I feel like they are more and more. And it's like, man, you know, I have hope for there's still good people in the world and there's still good people coming up. It's not all crazy. There's trans, a lot of good people in the world. Just just now our next door neighbor or an hour ago was like there's something happening to your chickens. 
And before I could make it out there, she's out there with her phone light trying to figure out why all of our chickens are huddled in the outside part of their coop because they had heard a bang and the chickens were acting really scared. So shout out to Julie if you still listen to our podcast. Thank you for caring about our chickens and going to investigate. She's like, I hope there's not a snake. I'm not wearing snake shoes. <laughs> and I had thrown on my muck boots. So I was like, I'm wearing snake shoes. You, when you walked off with your, uh, I think Marshall is when uh, Marshall's girlfriend, Brenna was here. You walked off in your muck boots and he was like, oh man, Farmer Molly is totally <laughs> at it right now. You wandered off to the chickens in your muck boots and shorts. I'm a huge know. fan of muck boots. It's, it I'm a huge funny. fan of muck boots. Okay, um, so speaking of kids these days, uh-huh. um, we watched the Dungeons and Dragons movie. <laughs> well, the other night, I feel like it's a, it, people should know it was fun. It's I mean, it true. wasn't, I wouldn't call it a clean movie. There was a decent amount of swearing, wasn't there? I don't remember. I we don't started remember. it so late at night. It's one like honor, I think it's Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. It's so, well, so one of the traditions that Marshall and I have when we get together is like we love to go downstairs after everybody goes to bed and watch a movie, make popcorn, and, you know, drink beer and enjoy, you know, guy time. And we haven't been able to do that. He's got a new girlfriend, so he's spending a ton of time with her. We're also working a ton on this house out in the sun and the heat or the shop. So we're exhausted. So we finally did this, and I walked up, st- and uh, his girlfriend came over to watch it with us. And so I'm like, oh, I'm losing I'm losing my movie watching, buddy. And then <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. So I walk upstairs, I'm like, hey, Molly, how do you feel? Well, actually, I pitched it to Molly, or to Marshall first. I said, how do you feel about, uh, well, I should get Molly down here to, she can double date with us. I kind of meant it as a little bit of a joke because you never stay up and watch movies with me because you're just like, I'm, no, I'm an old lady, I'm going to bed. But you've told me so many times recently that I'm no fun and I don't do no, anything fun. I that, have to really try okay. to break that stereotype. You are fun when we can get out of the black hole, the wormhole of life. Um, anyway, so Marshall's like, I totally do it. So I walk upstairs. I had to go put butter and salt on the popcorn. Anyway, I said, hey, babe, you want to come and double date with us with uh, Brenna? He's like, well, I don't know. It depends on what we're watching. I was like, I think we're watching Dungeons and Dragons. It kind of has a little fantasy Guardians of the Galaxy sort of vibe to it. You're like, oh, okay, I'll find. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was really, um, we don't watch a lot of movies. I have John Wick 4 waiting for me when I get around to it. Um it to me it was kind of Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy or like start the new Star Trek with Simon Pegg. Yeah, that actually is what it reminded me of more. Um, where they're just... not and they're not shoving they're not shoving agenda down your throat. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of things like where uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it's fine. They're not shoving anything. There's there, there wasn't a couple of things. There was just nothing. You know, it's. I mean, I wouldn't watch it with a twelve year old boy. No, I would wait till he's thirteen or fourteen. He would it. enjoy it, but um, yeah, this is it was really anyway, it was, it it was, was enjoyable. It was, it was fun. enjoyable. Yeah, it was funny, it was fun, entertaining. If funny you're looking movie. for a movie to watch that, you know, you don't have to think very hard. Yeah, you don't have to think very hard, but you'll laugh out loud at certain points and find things that are witty and funny, and uh, you know. And just so you know, Molly and I have we have similar tastes when it comes to humor. But also, we're wildly different. She would laugh at things that didn't make That's me laugh true. out. 
I would laugh at things that she didn't make her laugh out loud. So it was a little bit good for, you know, for both of us. That's true. Um, so one more pop culture thing. Uh, the kids have really liked Owl City, the singer, for a long time. And every now and then we're, we're not in a, currently in an Owl City phase. We weren't anyway. And then, they did release an, he did release a new record. It's and- phenomenal. It's so Is that where you were good. going with it? Yes. I haven't had a chance to listen through all of it yet. So I was I've gonna, had like five new records to listen to recently. I you should one hundred percent listen to it. It I think is his best yet. Ooh. For reals. And I mean I I've always enjoyed Al City. You know, he's poppy, he's pleasant, sometimes clever. Like he has a song about Montana. Get lost in Montana. Yeah, that Literally, he slings, he strings together all these bumper sticker slogans into this catchy song that has a story to it. Um, the kids, so Titus turned on the album on our way to judo. They and, did, so they didn't know until I pointed it out to them. I was like, guys, did you know Alice that he has a new record? So, no. So they, so, they, so Titus yeah. turned it on and we listened to, we when we drive to judo, we rotate who gets to pick songs. When and I so, drive to judo, just so you know, because we haven't talked about this. The person in the front seat doesn't get to pick. They don't get to pick because they're in the front seat. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. I am aware of that rule. Okay. <laughs> they fight about it. Huh? I, yeah. Uh, so, so that was the last thing that was playing when I dropped the kids off. And then I went to Walmart, as you, as we already discussed. And on the way, and I just, I just let it keep playing. And I was like, man, I really like this, this, the songs that are playing. On the way back, he has a song about a tornado that I had to replay. And then I had to Google because he talks about being a little boy, being a young boy with a paper route, getting up and it's raining and he doesn't think anything of it uh, because he's delivered papers in the rain before. I actually Googled if it was autobiographical and it's not. It's just written in an autobiographical style, but he made it up. But... He, I won't, I won't give away any of the punchlines, but there's this moment in it where I almost started crying. Really? In the song. And it's, it's very intense, intense enough that I thought, I, so our child who is no longer crying as far as I can tell on the couch out there, uh, she is also terrified of storms and tornadoes. We have had one tornado. Billings gets a tornado every 50 years. And we had one on Father's Day when Titus was a baby. So, hypothetically, we're good for a couple more decades. You know, obviously, 50 years is an average. So, I can't guarantee to my daughter, you will never experience a tornado in Billings. We're always perfectly safe. I, I can't make promises like that to my kids. But, statistically, the odds of us being in a tornado when there's a thunderstorm are extremely low. Nonetheless, I was like, I don't think I'm going to play the tornado song for you. But the, I don't know where she was during, during lunch today, but Titus, or maybe it was earlier. Anyway, Titus and Elise were like, Hey, Lily's not around. Can we listen to the tornado song sometime this morning? And I started playing it again. I was like, man, this is still like, the lyrics are so good. Anyway, I, I'd be super interested. I'll send you the YouTube link yeah. for the tornado song. But it's, I don't know. Um, it's just very... I Since we're talking about music, um, I did say I, I've listened to a lot of new records recently. Um, I took the opportunity on the 
multiple drives back and forth from Minneapolis to wherever I was going, Fargo or Bismarck or home, um, to listen to some new stuff. Um, for those of you Gen Xers out there, um, there is some adult language to it, but I really, really, really like Bush's new record. And if you guys are, you guys all remember Bush from the nineties, um, glycerin and, um, uh, I don't want to come back down from this cloud. Um, fame. This record is one of their best. Huh. Like I'm just really in terms of a rock record, super, super good. But the one surprise record that I was turned on to thanks to Instagram and now I um and it's just and it the, the project itself is just amazing. Um if you guys, if any of you listened to some obscure, you Gen Xers out there listened to a little bit of uh, uh, more obscure, not obscure, he was main, he wasn't mainstream, but metal, hard, hard rock metal. Uh, if you guys remember Project 86, uh, Andrew Schwab, um, he's released a 100% metal record, no rap rock, straight metal, um little bit of an industrial flavor uh the concept I have no idea I what know, that means fine. those of you that, those of you that are out there you will um can everybody out there who's into that raise your hand okay just saying so all, i know there's people out there because we've interacted on I'm, the telegram okay group. i'm so curious um, so are there three or four project, of them two <laughs> i'm talking to those two right now okay project 86's new record uh Omni Part One. It's a two. It's a two-part uh, LP, and he was. He talked about this on his blog. He said um, he really kind of started, and we've talked about this on the show. He started really kind of diving into transhumanism and what it mean and what it looks diving like in into terms it of from like a personal interest point. Yeah, personal from, interest point. But like and then that, just, he was attracted to it, or he's trying. No, to he's not attracted it. to it. Well, he is attracted to it, but it's more of a. Is this guy Christian? I'm sorry, you've lost me. I haven't gotten there yet, but he's and so um, he is. He's a very strong Christian um, on his uh, on his go or not GoFundMe um, Patreon account. He talks frequently about you know he's he's constantly asking for prayer for the project and a few other things. And that doesn't mean you're a Christian, but he's very outspoken about his faith. And so the whole record kind of becomes this really interesting artistic dive into Christian engagement with transhumanism. And he's kind of telling us stories. And part one, um, lyrically, it's just, if you're an artsy fartsy type of guy, Lyrically, it's fantastic. You'll be like, ooh, what's he, what's he mean? What's going on here? But musically, I mean, he crushes it. If you're a metal fan, he crushes it. I've listened to that record over and over and over again. So I'm really looking forward to Omni Part 2 coming out. If I can, I want to be his front of house engineer for his tour. He sounds like he's trying to put together a fall or winter tour. I want to be that guy. I've, I probably won't get it because I have you know, no touring experience right now. But it'd be really cool. Um, anyway, and I was never a huge... I mean, I liked Project 86 back in the day. But I was never a huge fan of of it. But this record is just amazing. So just throwing that out there, you guys. Okay. For the metal people. For the alternative, like, hipster, I love new music people um, that's not metal. Check out Owl City. 
obviously probably not um project for those of you metal metal heads check out project 86's omni part one <laughs> um speaking of hui, dui, um, dui. uh old christian iconic people from our era um petra is doing a reunion tour what which and lead singer only in the southeast well, it's probably only gonna be schlitz it's like 70 who is the lead singer now. You're Greg asking, X. Vols. You are asking and John the Schlitt. wrong person. Bob Hartman's going to be there. Mickey Mouse. No, 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 what's no, no, no. Hold on. No, no, no. So, Ronnie so somebody that you know keyboards. posted a video on Facebook of John Cooper of Skillet, Skillet, like congratulating Petra on how many how many years do you think they're doing this reunion tour for? How many years has Petra existed? Uh, 50. This is say, their 50th I was say anniversary. This is be 50. I was going 70 because their first record was in the late 70s. Like 78. And then 88, 98, 08. So 50 years would have been 73. 73. Okay. 50 years is 73. Yeah, they've been around. So they're doing a tour to four cities. Four. It's all they can do. They're, so They're all eighty, you guys. It's all we can do. It's four cities. Um, and I'm going to show you the website, PetraReunion.com. Okay. Does oh, it's this... John Schlitt. Okay. No, no, no. This is just like a video. Yeah, of... but John Schlitt's the lead singer from their glory days. Of the okay, late 80s but I'm just going to this video or this this yeah this website says mm-hmm. like that is not MySpace from the late 1990s. Like this is the entire website. Whoa, that website's <laughs> awful. It's, that is a that is a MySpace website from the nineties. Oh, one hundred percent. That's amazing. Like, you guys go check out Petra's Petra new website. PetraReunion.com. <laughs> um, um, well, it's not necessarily. Uh, anyway, um, and it's a lot of quotes from people and sponsors. So a huge part of the website is just. Uh, explanations of the sponsors for the tour um there's an opening band that's got it looks like a bunch of old people in it too wait what's the name of the band not ashamed oh uh with yeah, powerful vocals like, real drums heavy I bass feel like anthemic. That's, i feel like not ashamed is like one of the old school 80s like uh, punk bands. I don't know. We've got Richard Varno, not Rod anything Hutchinson, I ever listened Don to. Don Wonder, Adrian Reagan. Anyway, when um, when was did you go see Petra live? I I I think I saw them twice actually. Yeah, which tours? I I don't know. My don't first know. first and I think I saw them for Beyond Belief. You guys, Beyond Belief was my first tour with Petra. Incredible record. And then I think I saw them when they did Unseen Power. Um, so here's a funny story. In my film production days, uh, well, before that, when I was at college at Moody, uh, we took a trip to NRB one year. And NRB is the National Religious Broadcasters Association Conference in Nashville. It's always at the Grand Ole Opry. Everybody who's in Christian radio shows up. All the artists show up. It's the whole thing, right? So I'm standing there, walking through somewhere, and I run into John Schlitt from Petra. I'm like, John Schlitt! He's like, hey, man, how are you? So we chatted, took a selfie. No, this was college. I didn't have phones. We didn't take selfies. We just said hello, and it's really cool, you know, kind of the whole thing, right? 
And then fast forward almost 10, maybe 15, not 15, maybe 10 or 12 years. I go to NRB again when I'm doing all my documentary film work. Who do I run into? John Schlitt. I say hi to him again. And then we took a selfie and it was quite funny. So you could also buy a t-shirt and it says, um, don't miss out on your opportunity to get one of the coolest t-shirts ever made. Where are they playing? What four Um, cities? They are playing... Hold on. I got to scroll up on this website that just never ends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do they even have like a hamburger menu to like quick nav? Yes. The hamburger menu is... Well, that's good. No, no, no. Hamburger menu is actually a link to Chattanooga, Tennessee tickets, Huntsville, Alabama tickets, Jackson, Tennessee tickets, Cookville, Tennessee tickets... To purchase the Petra 50 box set or to purchase the t-shirt. Wow. They're not going very far at all. All the guys live in Nashville. Right. They're literally like going like an hour radius, a couple hour yeah. radius from oh, apparently traveling is hard on them. We were, yeah, we were talking about, so. Anyway. Let's quickly spring there for a second onto, so I, uh, musically, um, I won't go into feeling like creatively isolated or just kind of lonely around here, but I do because it's, it's, it's hard to integrate faith and music in community when there is no community around doing the same thing. But um, we were listening to, and so it kind of made me feel a little bit nostalgic for the days of like, whatever happened to like really good Christian rock radio or Christian radio, like singer songwriter, alternative stuff, stuff that had, you know, a, uh, uh, worldview coming from it that was just really, really uh, healthy. Um, Skillet's still out there doing it, which is cool. Um, but frankly, it's a, kind of about it. Like, there's just very few bands out there anymore. I've, I've kind of ascribed. I kind actually, of, I disagree. No, no, hang on, hang on. Listen, hear me out. Okay. I kind of attributed a little bit to the fall of Christian radio as we once knew it. It's now all like, if you can't sing it in church. It's not going to be on the radio. So it's like church music, right? Praise and worship. Um, and then we had a memorial. We had a we had a bunch of people over for Memorial Day, mostly family. And I was just looking for something to throw on, um, throw on the uh, our sound system. Our sound system. And so I was looking through, and I just grabbed one of my favorite songs by an artist called uh, Strand, and he does a song called Deliverance. And it's, I've tried to learn to play it on the guitar and his rhythm is just hard. It's like, yeah, kind of, anyway, it's hard to get that down. But I just hit create station and I let it play. And it had kind of on Apple Music. Yeah, it kind of had some of the standards. It had um, Ren Collective. It had, um, I think there was um, maybe an Andrew Peterson that came through at one point. So there was like some, there was like some kind of more of the, the singer-songwriter stuff we hear about. But then there was, like, some obscure stuff. And I was just... I remember looking at Molly at one point. I was like, this is... Like, I've liked every song that's come through and this. And then the next song, and I was like, like, what is this? This is like, good. And then this is like... And then Jess Ray comes on. And so all these artists that I already really kind of enjoy. Um, and you just have to go out. And then it's there. But you have to go out and find it. But anyway, so if you're on Apple Music, there's a bunch of stuff that came through that playlist. And I've got to go back and look at what was played in the history. There's a bunch of stuff I hadn't heard that was just really, really cool. Kind of had this. It was it was more of a an Americana, kind of an Americana sound, but not, but more of an alternative Americana. Kind of like the new 
um, kind of the new indie country that I've really kind of fallen in love with. I've been mixing a lot of indie country bands really recently, and they're just they're all so good. I like indie country. I don't like traditional country. Regular main, mainstream country is fine, not mainstream, but like Texas country is cool. But like this Stop indie country is foot. like you're, you're sorry, fine. it's super itchy. Anyway. You're going to like be driven nuts when you're yeah. editing from the sound there. So, um, we're at, what, 55, 55. minutes? Keep going. We've got three wanna... weeks of people to catch up on here. We do, but it's also 10.49 p.m. And We've been staying up so late recently. I know. I stay up late all the time. Anyway. Limit. I'm going to yawn just to prove how tired I am. Oh, stop. If... You're trying to convince everybody see what's going on. See if yawns are contagious through the podcast. No, um... I, tonight is Wednesday, and we were at church tonight, and we're, are the adults at church on Wednesday nights get, to, are currently getting taught through the book of Judges, and the, the teacher made a couple of really interesting points that kind of stuck with me. Just from tonight? Just from tonight, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've obviously not stopped thinking completely over the last three weeks, but at some point you just have to just move on from the things that you were thinking about from three weeks ago. Uh, no, so he's, he's teaching the story of Gideon, and he, there's a verse in the story of Gideon that I'm not going to try to dig through my notes right now, but it basically says, the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. And he said the Hebrew is actually more like not like Gideon had the spirit of the Lord on him but the spirit of the Lord took on Gideon essentially to be the tool for the task that God planned to accomplish with Gideon as as his tool and he said I want to make a little a little segue here into just discussing the ways that the spirit of the Lord coming upon rushing upon, entering into individuals in the Old Testament is different from the Spirit of the Lord being in and with God's people in the New Testament. And it was a really interesting contrast because in the Old Testament, well, first first he talked about the New Testament, which I think is the appropriate way to set up the contrast, which is when we think of somebody being filled with the Spirit, we think of things like the fruit of the Spirit, that that having the spirit working in you will bear evidence in uh, sanctification and uh, no longer turning away from an old life, turning toward a new life. Um, anytime that the New Testament talks about being filled with the spirit, it's it has to do with, with growing in godliness and putting off ungodliness and exhibiting Christ's power working in and through you. So it's it's a moral thing. There there are moral implications to having God's spirit in you. In the Old Testament, having the spirit come upon you was not a moral issue. Did not have moral ramifications. It was that God was going to use you to accomplish some task on behalf of his people. And he went through quite a few different situations in the Old Testament, in the book of Judges, as well as other places, 
where somebody can be, I mean, his kind of prime example was Samson, even though we haven't gotten to Samson yet, where the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Samson and he kills a bunch of people. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Samson and he uses something that's unclean. Like twice he does bad things with dead animals, which are unclean for Jewish people, for God's people to touch. And so even with, even under the influence, if you will, of the Spirit of the Lord, he is doing unholy things while accomplishing salvation in a very specific way for God's people. I just thought that was so tremendously interesting. I've never thought about that contrast before of the way that the Holy Spirit came upon people in the Old Testament was to move forward the story of redemption for all of God's people. And the person who whom was the object of the Spirit's coming upon was not necessarily uh, one of God's people and did not necessarily result as after being used in such a way, and I don't mean used in a negative way, but but that didn't necessarily result in their own salvation. Like, you know, prophet, people who prophesied um, and weren't of God's people. They never ended up within the covenant. And yet the Spirit came upon them to say something specific to God's people. And through Jesus, the Holy Spirit has an entirely different role in our lives. No longer is he moving the story forward of what God is doing that will culminate in Jesus' death and resurrection. He's now applying that saving act into the lives of all of God's people. But isn't there an aspect of that's exactly what God's doing, the Spirit of the Lord is doing in us, is to move forward the gospel in the story our of salvation lives. in the world. Yeah, through us. Isn't that part of the like there is a similarity there. There is a similarity there, but but we <clears throat> in the spirit we are I I feel incomplete in saying this because I haven't thought this through very much. I just heard this for the first time what it's eleven o'clock four hours ago. But, but the, because we're united to Christ and his, not only his righteousness in the judicial aspect, but also his righteousness in, in the moral aspect, in the fact that he is good, he is morally good, is being imputed to us in what we would traditionally call sanctification. And so there is no longer, there can no longer be a separation between the, uh, we would call it the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I don't think the Old Testament uses that phrase. No. But between being acted upon by the Holy Spirit, you can't separate that from, from having the mind of Christ and bearing fruit accordingly anymore. In the New Covenant era, mm. does that make sense? Yeah. Um, in the Old Test, in the Old Covenant era, the Spirit only came upon specific people, 
and and didn't actually you know when he was talking about that I was thinking of the Deuteronomy passage and then the Ezekiel passage that talk about hearts of stone being turned to hearts of flesh. Yeah. And that's that's the primary thing that the Spirit has done to us, to even incline our hearts toward God to begin with, and then to continue moving towards God with our hearts inclined towards Him and growing more like Him. We, we can't separate the Holy Spirit... Um, acting from him acting in us in a moral way if that makes sense yeah it does i was trying to like ponder how to i've never thought about that that's you can't separate those two now like you because he could god could act upon the old testament judges and then they could go off and use that that quote power for sinful purposes almost like Ooh, I'm a superhero. You yeah. Know? And, but in the New Testament, that you can't, that is hand in hand with heart and mind change and being fully internally oriented towards Him. Mm-hmm. So you're incapable of almost of, of turning that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is what is so, I've... such a tremendously marked contrast between the the old covenant and the new covenant. Yeah. You know, you look at the book of Judges and it's really easy. The, you know, the cycles of, in those days there was no king of Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And, you know, the cycle between whoever the judge before Gideon was and then Gideon, it was only seven years. And the people of Israel got so bad. You know, Gideon... There are things in what he says that evidence almost total ignorance of who the God of Israel is. So it hasn't been that long since they've seen a mighty saving act of God to rescue them from their oppressing neighbors. And in seven years, Gideon's like, I don't know, totally well, ignorant about what true worship of God looks like. Yeah. So, uh, but, but because they don't have the availability of the Holy Spirit to yeah, be in them, yeah. turning their hearts of stone to hearts of flesh, they can't help themselves. No, and the other the other thing too is though the that we haven't that just occurred to me too, is it seems like the acting of the Holy Spirit, the the physical, the manifestation of that is in the Old Testament is very, very different from the New Testament. Like Samson was imbued with incredible strength. Mm-hmm. Gideon and his army were imbued with, uh, again, incredible strength and just this, But they for all intents and purposes, magical ability to defeat right. wildly amount larger numbers. God doesn't do that for us in this day and age. You know, people don't walk around We're not suddenly, seeing mighty acts. I'm super smart. Yeah. I'm super strong. I'm super, it just doesn't happen. So the act, the, the physical act itself is actually different too. Yes. Yes, I I agree. Um, It's it's interesting to think how God chose to work in different eras of covenant history, and we are certainly in a different era. Dispensations. In a well, I mean that would be the fancy (laughs) word. Even if you're not dispensational, it's still the fancy word. But trolling. But the you know how I guess the the final question of that for me is is what do what do I ha- 
what do I learn from how I see God choosing to work in the old covenant era? And what do I learn from how I know from what God has revealed in his word to me that of how he works in the new covenant era and how do I align myself with that? And also, and this is the other, actually the other takeaway from tonight's lesson that was kind of had me musing quite a bit was he points out, you know, Gideon, his, his putting out the fleeces was, um, what was the phrase? Actually, he was treating God more like a bait, more like bail. Like you, you put yeah. bail. He was treating God like, and so I wondered how much of his cultural influence yeah. was. He was, he said, this is a quote from Younger uh, that's in the notes that I have, but he's, um, he's, he basically called Gideon a neo-pagan or half-pagan where he's, he's choosing to worship God in a way when the angel of the Lord first appears to him. He does, his impulse is to treat this clearly God, divine being in a way that one would treat Baal if Baal were to appear to you. And everything that he does, the fleecing and things, are the ways that a pagan would interact with Baal, not the God of Israel, not the true God. Yeah. And and he says, remarkably, oh, this is not neo semi-pagan. Perhaps one may re- inquire of Baal in this way, but this is not the way to treat the God of Israel. Remarkably, Yahweh responds to Gideon's tests. As Block rightly observes, Yahweh is more anxious to deliver Israel than to quibble with this man's semi-pagan notions of deity. That was a good turn of phrase. But I was just thinking about he, that our teacher emphasized the passage from Deuteronomy that Jesus quotes in the desert with, with Satan, which is, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And... I think that that's something that we as contemporary Christians should really still take to heart. Do not, we have totally lost sense of how holy God is. And the idea, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. And, you know, Isaiah's vision of God, and he fell on his face and said, woe is me. And no man shall see God and live. Like, this is still the same God. And we, because of our transhumanism that we've imbued from the culture, even if we're still Christian, we see ourselves mm-hmm. as pretty stinking godlike. And there's not a huge distance between us and God. I feel like that's, and this reminds me of a question somebody at the Bible study last week asked. How, and I don't remember the context, but he made the comment, how to, or he asked the question, how does this. W- how do we then think through, work out your faith in fear and trembling? Mm-hmm. That I was think, in the context of forgiveness. I think this, though, completely touches on that. We've lost sense of how holy mm-hmm. God is. So working out our faith in fear and trembling is, first of all, understanding that this is the God of the universe that could like wipe you out in a second. Right. <laughs> and so I mean, even in the context last week, he was... He was talking about Jesus and the parable of the um, of the unforgiving servant, and the point of that was 
you know, God is holy. Who are you to not forgive? Yeah. Um, but even in the context of forgiveness and God commands us to forgive others, are you going to put the Lord, your God to the test by clinging to unforgiveness or judgment mm. of somebody else that you deem to be beyond your own forgiveness or beyond God's forgiveness? In what ways are you putting the Lord, your God to the test? And I think, you know, as I need to think about it more in my own life, but I think about it in my kids' lives because as they get older, you know, there's this there's this inherent need, and I think it's developmentally appropriate to push boundaries, to test things and things like that. But we, I think we need to start telling our kids more, you know, what's the saying that sin will take you farther than you intended to go with it? And now I can't remember this. There's a saying about... You think that you can dabble with sin right. and that you can come back to the Lord anytime you want. But what you don't realize is that you're not in control of that sin. That sin is becoming in control of you. And you can't just turn back to the... God will welcome you back if you're going to be a prodigal and you're going to dabble in sin and come back. But the problem is you dabble in sin and you become a slave and you can't just choose to come back. That, in a sense, is putting the Lord your God to the test in terms of how far can I go and still come back and God will forgive me. Well, God God will let you go if you are going to prove that your heart wasn't truly his and you're going to try to control your sin and you're going to yeah. try to do things that you know are not right, but you want to do them anyway and you think that you can come back anytime you want. God will let you go because you were never his to begin with. Um that but, out through our works but, frequently. But at the same time, I had this I had a conversation with a friend a couple of weekends ago and she was really struggling with a a situation that involved various fingers in her world and and she was feeling the burden of all of the ways that she was failing and was going to need to step up her game, for lack of a better word. And at the end of our conversation, I I was like, listen, I know that you feel like you need to be really nice to this person who is not nice to you. And that you feel guilty and burdened because you struggle to be nice to that person. But the fact is, God, God God, simultaneously calls you to die to yourself for this person who is not kind to you, to love them far beyond your capacity, to uh, go out of your way to show that love to them, to speak well of them to other people, God calls you to all this, and God also knows that you are but dust, and he has compassion on you because he He both expects more of you than you can do, and he doesn't expect more of you than you can do at the same mm -hmm. time. He's not sitting up there judging you, going, golly, you know, you should have done better there. He knows. He knows your frame. He knows your struggles, and he's compassionate in that. So there's this simultaneous, I mean, with with Gideon, God did not smite him, which he should have. And God also 
overlooked his silly quibbles, kind of like if one of our kids is throwing a fit and we're like, well, we promised to bring the whole family skiing or whatever. Right. Are we going to cancel the family ski day for the one kid? God's like, look, I'm going to rescue you guys from the Midianites and I'm going to use Gideon to do it. So I'm going to overlook Gideon's little fit here so I can get on with rescuing you guys for like the eighth time and I'm going to do it a bunch more before I give you a king who's going to require me to rescue a whole bunch more. You know, anyway. Um, but, but there's this simultaneous tension. It's not a tension because God is perfect. And, but for us in our minds, there's this tension of don't put the Lord to God to the test. But when you fail, because you will, God is compassionate and merciful. And he is not going to hold it over your head. Uh, like there was a dad in at the end of our Bible study time who said, my son, my son messed up. It's costing me money. And he doesn't claim to know the Lord right now. And he was like, uh, dad, you're not holding it over my head that, that I'm doing this, that I'm costing you money. And he was like, right. Cause I'm your father and I want good things for you. And so there's this, this simultaneousness where God gives us mercy when we're failing, but that doesn't give us mm -hmm. license to test God or just yeah. to do whatever we want. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. And now I'm getting tired. And I'm running out of voice. <laughs> oh, okay. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. The um, attribution, when I Googled that, is to... Oh, boy, it depends on how far you... How far you scroll down. The first attribution to that is Ravi Zacharias, who knows better than many people probably that sin took There you go. Anyway. But it's a great quote. Uh, it is a great even, quote. Even a sinner who was revealed to be more of a sinner than we ever imagined after his death can speak the truth um, mm. like a Gideon or a Samson or a Ravi Zacharias. So... Anyway, well, that's an interesting twist to that quote. <laughs> oh, boy. We better end on that before we go down oh, more rabbit man. trails. <laughs> you guys, it's been great to be back. Um, hope you enjoy the show. If you have anything you'd like to respond to us with or any comments or feedback or you want to engage with anything we've had said here or anything else for that matter, the number one place that people engage with us at is our Telegram group. And that link is in the show notes. It's a private group. Jump on there. Join a few others that uh, interact with each other, get to know each other, and just, you know, it's, it's a really fun, encouraging group. Um, if you don't want to do that and you want to just send us a private note, you can do that on our website, www.toobusytoflush.com. All grammatically correct. Or TB, the number 2F, tb2f.com. You can uh, jump on there, scroll down, and send us a postcard. And uh, we'll get back to you uh, post-haste. Uh, while you're there, order a People Are Weird and Hard sticker or t-shirt or something. One of these days, when I have a spare minute, I'll update our swag. Because it's desperately outdated. Uh, other than that, we do really hope Lord Willing will be here next week for another episode. And um, Not the same time, but hopefully the same yeah, place. Yeah, and don't forget to check out Peak Tea. Um, highly recommend it. Super, super delicious. And, and Al City's new album. Al City's new album. Project 86's new album. I'll maybe include some 
links, but you guys all have your own music platforms. You can go find it easy, easily enough. Uh, with that, we'll talk to you next week. Awesome. He just pointed at me, and I wasn't sure. Well, what he you do that, you guys. like yeah, you do that Sometimes every show. I do. You do oh. that every show. It's like okay. every show. It's like I, I like I, I start it, and then you finish it, and it's great, and that's our jam. Oh.